This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being aware of one's own thoughts, emotions, motivations, behaviors, strengths, and weaknesses, among other aspects of the self, is known as mindfulness. This self-awareness that can be found through mindfulness allows us to intentionally manage aspects of the self which can lead to heightened peace and happiness. The good news is that people can learn, practice, and cultivate self-awareness to set goals, change behaviors, and manage emotions. I spoke with neurologist Dr. Karsten Eggers about some of the techniques that people can use to become more self-aware, how self-awareness and health confidence go together, and how health confidence can help people manage a disease such as Parkinson's. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly. Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least, Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. First of all, what is 
self-awareness as it pertains to Parkinson's or any disease, and why would that be important? I think self-awareness is something which is crucial for everyday life of every person, but especially in Parkinson's, as you have to be aware of your body, of yourself. Um, this has an impact of a better understanding of the disease signs and symptoms. So it's something which has to do with coping of symptoms, which if you have a understanding and see and feel what is your body talking to you, it's just about the understanding and accept situations where you are in. And lastly, you can develop better self-management strategies once you realize and recognize what your body is telling you. How does health confidence come into play? There is this term about self-awareness and health confidence being used to manage your illness. I think health confidence is something which can give you back control about your body. If you are in a specific situation, you have a better control what your body is telling you in a specific moment. And on the long term, you have a better idea how to cope with symptoms. How does it manifest? What does someone with health confidence do differently? I think if a patient with Parkinson's is able to perceive what he is feeling in a specific situation, if he's understanding what his or her body is telling him or her, they are in the best case that they can take over action again. I'd like to give you an example. If a patient with dyskinesias is not really realizing that he or she is dyskinetic. He might be tend to fall, and if he is aware what is really going on with his body, that he is dyskinetic, he can develop strategies how to, first of all, realize that he is suffering of this dyskinesis, and lastly, uh, what he can do in terms of self-management. Can self-awareness be taught, and does self-awareness underpin health confidence? Yes, absolutely. I think talking about how you can really teach self-awareness, it's talking about mindfulness. Uh, and mindfulness is an issue on topic which came up quite a lot in the last years. Um, so if you are talking about mindfulness, it's that you are conscious of a very single moment, that you are aware of symptoms and do not judge them, and at least that you accept the situation how it is. And this is something which can be taught. There are several techniques which include, for example, yoga or body scanning or something like that. Unfortunately, the, the evidence for that is still rather limited, but many research centers are working on that. Some of the Centers of Excellence of the Parkland Foundation do have research projects currently investigating how mindfulness can be used in Parkland's to increase the self-awareness. What about things like information gathering and list making, just to be more self-aware, learning what to be aware about, and also then having a guideline for what to be aware of? I think that's finally what you have to be taught. But if you are not aware what your body is telling you, you are not able to draw the consequences out of that. So first of all, I think being more mindful what your body is telling you, then taking back control, and then you have to be educated what to make out of the specific situation, and this is definitely an issue of education. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows. 
from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. There's one thing to be self-aware. There's another aspect of how do you remediate the problem once you're aware of it. Yes, absolutely. So this is what I think when, what I just wanted to, to explain is after you realize there's a symptom going on, you need strategies how to resolve them. And this is what you should learn through education, through self-management programs. Unfortunately, there are not that many self-management programs in its complexity available, but there are educational materials which teach you how to react for example, in a situation with breathing of gait. But first of all, you have to be aware that you do have this specific symptom. And if you have not learned how to recognize what the specific symptom is telling you, you are not able to use the self-management technique. It sounds like it may be worthwhile looking beyond what Parkinson's Foundation and other organizations provide that specifically deal with Parkinson's and just find more mind-body kind of programs out in the community. Actually, yes, we at Phillips University are working on that because I think you can't use just these general programs because they have not been adopted to Parkinson's patients. For example, you can't use all these specific yoga settings because, for example, we use yoga sitting on a chair, which is definitely different from many of popular yoga classes. And so you have to adopt it both to the patients and to the individual signs and symptoms of the patients. So yes, it makes sense to look for more general techniques, but you have to adopt them Parkinson's specifically. Mm. We've been talking about self-awareness to set goals and change behavior. Can it also be applied to the body itself, body mechanics, how you move and how to relieve pain? So far, we know that if you are aware of your symptoms and if you're mindful, it can reduce both stress and anxiety. And as we know that many of the symptoms exaggerate or worsen in a situation which is stressful. It's more a kind of indirect effect, but as far as I know, it's not possible that you have a direct connection through mindfulness towards the symptoms. So it's more, let's hear what I said, indirect effect. Is there value in the caregiver or care partner participating in these sorts of things to some extent? Absolutely. So first of all, I think the patient has to be aware of its symptoms, but 
especially for communication. It's crucial that the caregivers are aware that the symptom perceivement of the patient is completely different. So there's the subjective perceivement and the objective perceivement of both caregivers or professionals. And it's something that caregivers have to learn that in terms of communication, it might be necessary that patients have to be educated and told about impaired self-awareness. And this is something which I would like to stress, yes. What else is important to add or helpful? I think that this is a rather new field of research. I'm very happy that many of the research centers within the Center of Excellence are working on that. Yes, I'm very delighted that this has found broader research interests. Are you doing research in this area? Yes, we are doing quite a lot of that. So we have developed a specific scale to measure impaired self-awareness of motor symptoms. Currently, we are working on impaired self-awareness of cognitive symptoms. For example, patients with mild cognitive impairment do not see how they are cognitively impaired. And we are working on imaging these networks within the brain through MRI or PET techniques. So yes, there's a broad field coming up. This year, for example, there's actually a mindfulness conference, which we are participating, which is just trying to establish the connection between neuroscience and mindfulness. So there's a lot of going on, and we are doing some research as well, yes. How do you compare what the patient is self-aware of with the reality? Do you ask the caregiver, or do you do objective testing if they have a good picture of themselves? In terms of motor symptoms, we do video recording, and then we do have the subjective perceivement of symptoms. So patients do tell us, do they have a specific symptom asked for? And we do have the objective rating of a rater. And the discrepancy between the subjective and objective impairment, this is what we call the impaired self-awareness. And you can do that for motor symptoms or cognitive symptoms or whatever. Is there a take-home message for people who may want to develop self-awareness? I think, first of all, you have to use the basic techniques of mindfulness. So just get a better feeling for your body. Be conscious what your body is telling you. But don't judge that and take your mind toward the specific moment and accept it like it is. And this gives you a better idea and impression after that how to deal with these specific symptoms. Very good. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. And until next time. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.